Welcome to this week's episode of Sullivan and Sons Sports Podcast. I'm Seamus Sullivan. I'm Mark Sullivan. We have a new uh, Open Championship champion, Jordan Spieth, won the the Open at Royal Birkdale this last weekend. And he did it in a dramatic fashion, going from winning or leading the first three rounds to falling behind on the 13th hole with a as I was telling someone, a tee shot that I could have done because it was, <laughs> as they estimated, it was a hundred yard slice to the right. I think that would have been my fairway. tee shot. Your tee shot would have been about just a hundred yards in distance, but it would have been in the fairway. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I get that slice going, it's pretty good. I mean, it was, again, that was an estimate and it was considered an unplayable lie buried. And so they were, they allowed him a couple of options and he knew the rules well enough to be able to take a drop. And he was taking a drop from the driving range that was adjacent to the, uh, the, the hole. Well, I thought it was interesting was, uh, so they allowed him to take the drop cause it was a horrible lie. And he, yeah, like you said, he was smart enough to take the drop over in the driving range. But I, I read on top of that, he took the drop near like a vehicle so then he was provided like free relief of obstruction. So it wasn't another penalty, but he was able to then move it even further, I think, out into the like the the, like the driving range and get a, a yeah, better, he, better shot. It, it was far enough away. They had the corporate sponsor trailers there, and there was like a Titleist 53-foot trailer. I'm not sure if, if in... England, they use 53 foot, but it was pretty close to that. It was a <laughs> full-size trailer or two that were there, and he was allowed to move them from the obstruction. He was still hitting the shot blind, though. His caddy had to go up a, a nearby hill to be able to kind of point in the direction of where the green was so he would know where to fire it. And then he wisely instructed his caddy that he needed to climb down, or it would have been a two-stroke penalty if you would have stayed in that position. Oh, really? Yeah. What, he what's said, the rule on that? Uh, I, the rule, I, I guess he couldn't provide some sort of like direction. He could, he could go up there to show him, but he couldn't stay there mm. to show it. And so he's like, Mike, you got to come down from there before he <laughs> took his shot. He's a very smart player uh, to know the rules like that. I, man, the rules are of golf are so you, you see these guys get all these penalties and stroke penalties are disqualified after the fact. Cause it's like, they don't even know the rules themselves. I apparently the um the guy in third place was uh he was still hanging around. Uh he was on the driving range because he's like, you know, both of them start bogeying holes, they could drop back far enough and then there'd be a three-way playoff. And he said he saw Jordan Spieth come walking out onto the driving range and he had no idea what was going on. He's out there hitting practice shots. And he's like, isn't this guy supposed to be playing still? I guess there was a 20-minute delay while they went through all of the mm -hmm. options for where the ball would end up being played for. And he, he apologized to his partner that he was playing with. And, and he ended up bogeying the hole. So he took the shot from the driving range into the... I think it was onto the green and bogeyed the hole to be able to to uh, stay one it, shot behind. It was at that one point. shot. I thought it was. I thought it was two shots. Maybe it was, but he went five like under. That. See, that was hole thirteen. So mm -hmm. fourteen through eighteen, he went five under to was, win by two shots. He go, just he went, went on like, fire. He had an eagle and two birdies after that. I think. Yeah, it was. So. 
It was uh, crazy. He played an amazing, very similar to the the Bubba Watson shot, right? Which, ironically enough, yeah, you know, people were talking a little bit about some of his collapses and thinking maybe he he wouldn't be able to he had, he'd finished second in a couple of tournaments. He had yeah, finished second to Masters Bubba Watson collapse and... in 2014, mm-hmm. and uh, he had finished. Uh, I'm just pulling it up here. He had finished second in yeah in 2014. He tied for second in the masters and again he had a collapse in the in the pga uh championship i think it was and finished second there as well so he has three seconds and now he has three championships in his very young career still well this was not on the pga tour or any of the major championships it was on the web.com tour which i think is one step below the pga tour i might be wrong but there was a tournament over the same weekend as the Open where on the 13th hole, if a player birdied the 13th hole, they would sell $1 beers to the people waiting. In the gallery? There. Yes. And it was pretty hilarious to watch these, these guys trying to golf, and they're coming out, and they're hitting some it's, – it's par three. I think it was 207 yards. They're hitting some pretty good shots, making some pars, and they're getting booed for making par. <laughs> because they have these opportunities for these long 25-foot birdie putts, and they don't sink them, and they're getting booed Are by you people. Show me some of that footage. It was hilarious. <laughs> and even then the poor guys who had, like, shorter putts that they missed, and they just let out this <laughs> roar of boos, and but, which is very, very un-golf-like. It, it, for I, galleries are generally incredibly polite. They were, they were, this one guy finally hit a birdie, and they, they the, the crowd was raucous for him. And so that was nice. But I, I've noticed that in golf. It's recently gotten really, like when guys hit tee shots, people will be yelling, like, get in the hole and just yelling stuff. And I don't know. I feel like 10, 15 years ago, golf was not like that. Well, if you go back uh, 30 years ago, and this is not just golf, there was a character who would go to sporting events with a rainbow-colored wig and a sign that said Jesus saves <laughs> and he would show he would get people would actually give him free tickets to games and he would be at golf tournaments and those things just to draw <laughs> attention so he could hold up his sign that said Jesus saves he would frequently get tickets he was uh, most often seen at football games behind the field goal netting oh, and uh, he would just Again, someone would be willing. It's an interesting give him, idea. <laughs> give him. He would hold up that, or he'd hold up John three sixteen. Oh yeah, Tim <laughs> Tebow's dad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Fascinatingly enough, I have a friend who uh, ended up reading like John's chapter three, four, and five because he was watching a football game with his dad when the guy held up the sign, and his dad asked him what the what what the verse was, so he read pulled out his Bible, read that verse, and kept reading till 4 and 5. And then his dad said, okay, I think that's enough Bible reading for today. <laughs> the football games. I, I went to church this morning. <laughs> right. So. Well, we are circling back to Mayweather McGregor. Can't, can't get enough of these guys with their press tour and their circus fight. But I, I don't think I was surprised. Um to hear this, but they're going to be playing it in movie theaters, the fight. So it'll be live. It'll be exactly what you'd see if you bought the pay-per-view or if you go to a place that's showing the pay-per-view like Buffalo Wild Wings or something. 
And so they'll be showing it at a movie theaters. I saw something like $40 a pop. So it's still not, still not that cheap, but I'm just interested to see what score they get on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm I'm thinking (laughs) it's going to be not very fresh. (laughs) I also think it'd be like, man, you spend 40 bucks and then the fight lasts like 30 seconds or a minute. And you're like, (laughs) okay. What do we do now? What's what's the main main event? Are they going to allow the it's, people it, to show all the fights? Yep, that you get lead the whole, to... you get the undercard and everything. Okay, but I mean, nobody's going there to see those guys. It's you're going to see this uh, this thing that you'd expect to be on WWE, not to be on boxing. And, and this is a, just a technical question, but I don't know how many movie theaters are set up to receive a live feed and show it on their the- on the movie theater screens. I think they probably have to make some sort of adjustments to be able to show that. That's true. I didn't even think about that. I've heard of stuff being like, um, I think it was like Game of Thrones or something, something on HBO. So I, I've heard of TV shows doing it before. So I'm sure that... Doing a live? Yeah. Like okay. a, a season premiere or a season finale. Right. And I can understand that, but because it's already been recorded and edited, oh, so true. they, can, they yeah. can send it. It's this being a, actually that. a live event. I think they had the commercials in it, so I think it was... I think it was a broadcast. Okay. Uh, oh, okay. Got it. I, I'm not sure. I've never been to, I've never gone to the movie theater to see anything other than movies. Yeah. So. Well, that is, that is fascinating. I tell you, I won't be purchasing a $40 ticket. No. Uh, to watch the game in the movie theater. Maybe I'll buy a basket. Of, what day of the week is this thing again? You know, I, I don't know. It's August 26th, I think. I think that is it, I don't know. Is it like a Friday or something? It doesn't matter. Saturday I, night. Saturday night? Okay. I I, I want to see it, but I don't want to spend $100 or even $40. I'm going to try and go somewhere that I can sit down and maybe buy some food for $15 and, and watch this. And get the food. So yeah, you get your money's you get worth the food. from the food. Yeah, so I'm not even really, I'm not paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> but I would pay for it if I found Julio Jones's earring. Oh, yeah. You could yeah. pay for a few people. <laughs> I wonder how much, well, how much do you think Julio Jones, well, let's first tell the people why you mentioned that. So Julio Jones was jet skiing this last weekend. Uh, I don't know what day it was. And uh, somewhere in, in Georgia, Georgia's Lake Lanier, Lanier, and he was jet skiing and took a tumble because I'm sure he was, you know, doing some crazy stuff. And he noticed his earring was missing. And it's worth one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Oh my! Goodness. I don't know why you're you're jet skiing with. I I don't know why that's in your ear at all. <laughs> well, yeah, he, obviously he feels comfortable with it all the time. But he he's having a rough year, huh? He just lost a hundred fifty thousand dollar earring, and and in February he lost a Super Bowl ring. Oh my <laughs> goodness! No, no. I, <laughs> Oh, they lost- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, the thing about it is, I wonder if his homeowner's insurance is going to cover his lost earring. I wonder yeah. if that's covered. I mean, it probably has its own separate insurance. Well, it's got its own rider. That's what they would do. Mm. But it, Yeah, I, so I, apparently he even hired a, a scuba diving team, and they couldn't find it. But that, yeah, was, that what, was the next thing I was going to do. I'm like, I'm driving down to Georgia, right. going to rent some equipment. But it was a deep... Lake, 65 feet deep. And if you're on a a jet, you know, I I was thinking, I had heard initially of the story that he was out fishing. I'm thinking, oh, then you could know right the spot where it went in. At least you could narrow down where it would be. But if you were on a jet ski, 
you know, you hit the water, that thing could have gone anywhere. And you don't know with, with currents and, you know, water, it could flow anywhere as it makes its way down to the bottom. And I guess it was a, you know, it, it's a man-made reservoir and it's got all kinds of stuff, um, you know, at the bottom of the lake. So, yeah, I don't think highly unlikely that it ever gets found, but I'm sure that a few scuba divers are going to take a chance oh, yeah. at looking for the thing. I, I, I think you'll see some amateurs, like we were talking about, just rent some stuff and, and take their hand at it. <laughs> he did, again, he hired a team, and the diver's name was Bobby Scuba Man Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> if Bobby Scuba Man Griffin can't find it, I think you're out of luck. Yeah. Man, man, that just is insane. He well, did. He did have a good attitude about it, saying it's just materialistic. So. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know what he's making a year, but I think it's in the double-digit millions. So I think he'll be all right. Speaking of the guy who stole his Super Bowl ring from him, though, or caused him to lose it, did you see the the Google search image that was making the rounds on social media? I didn't see the image, but I did see the headline. Okay, so you know. I know you're a little bit older, Dad, but <laughs> when, you, when you Google something... You're so kind. <laughs> sometimes Google just gives you the answer versus bringing up a web page. They'll just say, you know, if you say, who's the president of the United States? It'll just pop up this thing. It'll say Donald J. Trump. And it doesn't even... I think it has a link for a web page, but a lot of times it just, you know, shows a picture of the person, gives you their name. And so I don't know who discovered this, but somebody, I guess, Googled who is the Jets owner and Google brought up Tom Brady and Tom Brady's face as the owner of the Jets because <laughs> he has literally owned them over the years playing them. Well, it's funny now that we're even as we're speaking, I type into Google who owns and the first, the first link on there is the Jets. <laughs> the Jets before owner. <laughs> the Am- before Amazon, Fox News and CNN. <laughs> And it doesn't have an automatic answer anymore, but no, it's got yeah. a lot of stories about yep, yep. him to come up as the New York Jets ownership. So I thought that was that was pretty funny. <laughs> that is, uh, again, you know, the artificial intelligence doesn't always work out the way you think it will. Well, and I had read that it wasn't even like um, it wasn't like somebody had, like hacked Wikipedia or something weird like that. It was literally a error in Google's. Uh, what would you call algorithm? it? Al- algorithm. It was an error in their own algorithm that that thought that uh, Tom Brady was. Must have been a, a few. There must have been their algorithm had sh- just enough enough articles on Brady owning the Jets yeah, with his yeah. victories over it that it calculated it out and said, "Well, he must be the owner of the Jets, <laughs> regardless of what Wikipedia says." <laughs> That or else um, it was mis mistranslating the word owner. <laughs> they thought, you know, who who has owned them in the sense that you know taken taken a real beating to them. Well, by the time he's done, he probably will have enough money to be able to purchase them. So yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if you'd want to own the Jets. They are one of the most dysfunctional teams in uh in the NFL. I you, the Browns lose a lot and they suck, but. They do it usually without making too much headline other than, you know, they suck. The Jet, the Jets, they just, they find very interesting ways to lose. The, and the thing, at least, I mean, people are saying, at least in the last year or two, you can at least say that the Browns have a strategy, which is we're going to just get as many draft picks as possible and try, they're trying to do the equivalent of like the Cubs or 
76ers? Uh, 76ers. I don't know that you can repeat the process in football. I think there's there's too many players on a, on a roster that need to be filled out. So I don't think that will end up working, but let's see if they prove me wrong. <laughs> and then did you see the Beltre ejection? I did see that. I, I have recently, probably within the last three or four years, become somewhat of a, an Adrian Beltre fan, mostly because of his... I don't know if he's always been like this or I just never noticed it. Uh, kind of his hijinks. He'll mess around. He plays third base. He'll mess around with the shortstop there in Texas, Elvis Andrews. I think they're both Dominican. So, okay. You know, some culture and language similarities there, but they just, they're goofballs. They'll, on especially on like infield pop flies, you'll see them, they'll just crowd each other. Uh, you know, one guy will be calling for it and the other guy will just come stand like right next to him, right under him. So there's been a couple times where they've even fooled the cameraman. Cameraman's looking at one guy because he, he looks like he's going to catch it, but he's just fooling around. Huh. But he was waiting in the on-deck circle of just a blowout game. I think it was at this point before his ejection, it was like 16 to 8. Yeah, 18 to 6. but 18 to 6, something yeah. insane. And uh, he's he's back there swinging. And for, I think the second base umpire noticed it or third base umpire noticed it and told the home home plate umpire the crew chief hey this guy's pretty far from the the on deck circle and so he turns around the home plate umpire tells him hey get get closer to the on deck circle and instead of getting close to the on deck circle adrian beltre goes over and pulls the on deck circle to where he was at and gets ejected <laughs> he was ejected immediately yeah. like it's a funny a funny interaction because you see him tell him hey go you know go back towards the on deck circle and you see adrian beltre walk over there and the umpire is about to turn around, and then he sees him pick it up and pull it towards him, and he immediately turns around and ejects him. I wonder if the uh, Rangers are going to, if they have the, uh, do they have the onus as to where that on deck circle will be? Because you could see him going, all right, we're just going to, for future games, move <laughs> the on deck circle. Yeah, I, I wonder if that's like an MLB regulation or if that's just, because they're just, um, just it, a tarp. Yeah, they're just like these rubber mats that they throw out there, throw a bunch of mats on, and I don't know. I watch a decent amount of baseball games. No guy is ever standing in the circle, usually, and usually they're not even near the circle. Usually, I don't know. They're Adrian Beltre was, at this point, he was almost behind home plate where he was at, and in an interview he said he likes to do that because he'll practice swinging with the timing of the pitcher, and right. then it's more like, He's in the batter's box, which is uh, not uncommon for batters to have done over time. I you you have seen historically batters, especially when they're facing a pitcher who they're unfamiliar with, want to get as close to behind home plate as they can because they're getting a real time view of the pitcher, what he's throwing right now, how he's doing right now, and so there's a, a certainly a strategic advantage for them to be in that position. And you can see why Beltrade want to be there. But it was a, a fascinating interchange because then the manager comes out and he argues and gets tossed as well. He didn't <laughs> he, even he last was, very long. Yeah, he was almost ejected immediately as well. <laughs> but yeah, it didn't, didn't really have an, an effect on the outcome of the game, I don't think. It, uh, but it will be fascinating because now this is going to be something that people will be paying attention to right, that they've yeah. not paid attention I, to I'm sure in the, the past. league will have to the league will have to issue some sort of statement or uh, guidelines or something yeah, for yeah. their umpires because <laughs> they want to be throwing guys out because <laughs> they're 
too far from the batter's box. Or you, or you end up with a guy standing in like left field taking his batting swings, <laughs> just doing the weirdest stuff. Um, you have anything else? Uh, no, I just uh, I think uh, certainly the biggest uh, thing in sports was hey Jordan Spieth and kudos to him on his third championship. I think he's the uh, uh, since Tiger Woods the youngest to achieve that milestone, maybe mm-hmm. the youngest since Jack Nicklaus, and and that was uh, probably the biggest news this week. And I think we've covered some other entertaining things. Uh, we uh, NFL football camps open, so we're starting to see some news trickling out about that. Um, but nothing significant. Did you see what uh, Greg Olson said? He, uh, I, I, I'm pretty Greg big Olson fan. Greg Olson being the tight end for the uh, Carolina. Carolina Panthers. Yep. And a former Chicago Bear, which right. is why First I'm a fan. First round draft pick. Yeah, I, I always loved him. Horrible trade to get rid of him. But he, he wants a new contract because I don't know what he's making per year. I think he's making like $7.5 million. And he's had he's the first tight end in history to have three 1,000-yard seasons in a row. So even with these oh. guys like... Jimmy Graham, Rob Gronkowski, he's actually been more durable and Even, more. Uh, what's uh, with Tony Gonzalez? Or, oh yeah, yeah, good point. Um, who was the guy with the Chargers? Uh, still Antonio the Chargers. Gates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So v- very interesting to see that, and uh, he wants to be paid like them because I think they're making. I think Jimmy Graham's the, the highest paid tight end at like ten million. Right. And uh, instead of holding out a camp, he actually was like, "Yeah, it doesn't help the team." So he, he showed up to camp. Went about his business, still hoping to get a new contract. I thought that was pretty interesting. Because you know, I you have respect a, for people who take that approach. Yeah, I also, I also, did you see that uh, Odell? I just saw the headline: Odell Beckham Jr. wants to be the highest paid football player. Mm, yeah, I saw that. I don't think he will. I don't think. I think he'll always either. be a quarterback. Correct. But the reason I bring it up is because Le'Veon Bell is holding out. Didn't, oh, he didn't, is holding yep, out. Yep, didn't show up to camp because he wants to be paid. Like a number one running back and a number two wideout, because he said, other than Antonio Brown, I'm the next next biggest receiver on this team. So he wants to he wants to get paid both of those. I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to do that either. I, if I, don't I know, know if them, anybody can do that. Yeah, but pay, it's certainly pay, the Steelers are much more disciplined in their, oh yeah true their approach to their salaries and team management. Boy, I, I just don't see them doing that. It'll be interesting to see. I didn't mm-hmm. realize he was holding out. Oh, yeah. Um, I think we saw some interesting vehicles again. I think this all started, you remember uh, uh, Cespedes, how he would show up in a different vehicle every day for spring training for baseball? I did not know that. So it's it's football now has, I think, um, uh, what's his name? He plays for, he's the linebacker for Carolina. Oh, Luke Keekley? No, the black guy. Uh, Thomas Davis or something. Okay. I think that's his name. Showed up in a dune buggy in Carolina colors. Oh, my goodness. And then a different guy got dropped off by his mom. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Or his grandma or something. It was his mom or his grandma dropped him off at training camp. (laughs) Well, it reminds me a little bit back at, you know, uh, Pat Tillman. Uh, Do you remember remember who Pat Tillman is? uh, He was the Cardinals' safety, wasn't he? Right. And he was a walk-on, played, made contract, but he would always come to to training camp, like, on his bicycle. <laughs> I mean, he and even after he signed his multi-million dollar contract with the Cardinals and was, you know, making a ton of money, he was this guy who was just real low-key, you know, not fancy, not, you know, 
splashy, which I, I had an incredible amount of respect for him. And certainly, again, it's going back a number of years to anyone who, who might remember the fact that he turned down uh, re-signing with the Cardinals in order to sign with the U.S. Army and become an Army Ranger to fly, fight in Afghanistan. But yeah, real, real low key guy didn't you know, riding his bicycle to that training camp of, when uh, all these guys are bringing their multi million dollar cars. Right? And, Did you see Ben Zobrist? He no. he bicycled to Wrigley Field. He has oh. a house in Chicago, and he's like, yeah, it was always a dream of me of mine as a kid to to or no, as a kid he would bike to the games. He'd watch games at Wrigley Field. So as a player, he's like, yeah, I think I'm gonna bike to the game today. And nice. Put on his jersey and his his pants. He didn't wear his cleats. He just wore some tennis shoes and and rode like a Schwinn to the stadium, Wrigley Field. Which okay, now that's fascinating because I thought their uniforms were at the stadium. Maybe he got permission to take it home. I'm not sure. <laughs> Someone's got to wash the thing. <laughs> the, but anyways, yeah, maybe the equipment manager. He he's like, hey, I'm gonna I'm take gonna this home to, today. I'm gonna have to check that out. That's yeah. a, a really cool story. It was, it was a few weeks ago. Might have been. It, it's kind of an older one, but. Just yeah, reminded still, me of it's that. A great story. Yeah, because his apparently his wife was not too thrilled with him biking. Why was she concerned? I, a security thing, uh, you know. Mm. Weird, weird people nowadays. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. You well, know, I, I give him props. That's yeah, cool. it was very cool. He's like, I've always wanted to bike to the stadium, so now that because he's played with like Kansas City and a few other teams, and I don't know if he just didn't have a, a home that was near there, but yeah, he has a home in Chicago <laughs> that's close enough to Wrigley to bike. That is cool. <laughs> All right. Are we done? Yeah, Call I think that's tonight. it. Yeah. 